This morning we have just a few people who are going to share, and then we're going to do something fun again together, and then some more people are going to share, and then we're going to do something fun. And if that's okay, we're going to just we're going to kind of just experience what we did while we were in Costa Rica. So go ahead, guys. Okay, so we took two connection flights to get to Costa Rica, and on our second flight, I was talking to another girl, and she we were talking about like why we were there at Costa Rica, and we were like so excited because it was my first time, and she's been there many times before. And I was just sharing with her how good God is and how he blessed the whole team by paying for everybody's funds. And, you know, we were able to do that. And she was kind of down because she didn't get all the funds that she needed. So we both agreed that we were going to put in God's hands. And shortly after, she fell asleep. So I sat there and I prayed. I was like, God, like, we are not sitting together by coincidence. It is not random. And when we landed, her phone came on, and she got $500 from a studio that she'd never heard of or worked, that no, none of them worked out, like no connection whatsoever in some, like, random state. So that was awesome. And then the second thing was our teams got split to different, two different churches, and uh, afterwards we were asked to, like, pray over people. And these two women, even though they didn't understand what I was saying, once I put my hands on them, I felt their burden. And I was praying to God. And, like, halfway through, I felt their burdens leave them, which was pretty cool. And then the third one, as our, we went to our school assemblies, um, there was this little boy over there. And I felt like the Holy Spirit, like, have me watch him kind of. And after we did our assembly, we asked him if he wanted to pray over him. He goes, oh, yeah, we would have been prayed over. So we walked away, and we came back, and we, and I guess his friend, like, explained to him what was going on, and then he accepted Jesus. So that was cool. Even though, like, we get, like, um, disheartened that like, we can't understand each other, there's many different languages, but God language is one language that we all can understand. So that's pretty cool. So when we were on the missions trip, we did um, a lot of school assemblies, and so what was really fun and, like, my favorite part was putting the smiles on kids' faces and seeing their reaction to us coming. So, yeah. When we were there, we did a lot of work. We put a roof on, laid sidewalk, uh, painted, did electrical work a lot. We were supposed to do two days' worth of work. We ended up doing every single day work. Um, it was crazy. It was a lot of work. The locals that we were working with didn't speak any English. It was hard to communicate, but when we started doing work, it was amazing that we were able to communicate with them, and everything got done. I think we got done more than anybody ever thought we would have gotten done. So. Um. As a lot of you know, we were originally supposed to go to Nicaragua before it got switched to Costa Rica. And during that time, the missionary came from Nicaragua, and he talked to the team, and he said, um, you know, we're probably going to do about two houses. And we were like, oh, no way. We can definitely do more than that. Let's do more houses. Do more houses. And he was like, listen, you need to remember that um, you're not going to go into Nicaragua and change Nicaragua. Let Nicaragua change you. And it really struck a chord with me. And looking back um, now, I have to say that um, I didn't do this in the first service, but I just really want to thank Rob for leading us and all of the guidance that he did this whole trip. And honestly, 
that was his focus the whole time was looking back in the trainings and all of that with devotionals and um it really it really did change us and even a video the night before we left he sent us all a video like it was just awesome and if you ever have the opportunity it's worth it's sacrifice but it's it will change you, and it's worth all of the sacrifice. Um, the people in Costa Rica, in spite of not having a lot, they were warm and happy and thankful for what they had. I mean, they were thankful for what we were doing for them, but we definitely weren't changing them. We definitely had the change. Um, and the missionary there, Michelle, they had just gone through a difficult time, and she was talking about dealing with that difficult time, and that was something that really um, struck me. So she had started a gratitude journal, and she was talking about how focusing on what she was thankful for was um, an encouragement to her through the difficult um, times. So that was something that I took from that and started, and um, personally, just focusing on what we have and being happy and thankful for it. So. All right. It's that time again in the service where you have to stand up and move. I said where you stand up. It wasn't. Okay. So all you need to be able to do is move to the left. Sorry. I keep forgetting. It's a mirror. To the right. And then you have to run around or walk in place and then run around and high-five someone. So the goal is to have people on this side of the church get to this side of the church to high-five someone without taking out anyone in the middle. If you're in the middle, scatter. Is everybody ready? Wow. Is everybody ready? All right. Hey, don't get thrown off. Halfway through, it will switch to Spanish. If you understand it, great. If you don't, just move with the rest of us because we really don't know what it's saying either. All right, here we go. Very good. You can sit back down. Anyone else out of shape? Yeah. You should see the other one we had to do there. Oh, maybe we'll do that as a close. Forget altar time. We're going to do the monkey. No. All right. All right. So we're going to have three more people uh, give some small testimonies from what they experienced there in Costa Rica. Hello. Um, catch my breath. Um, so I, I love missions trips. I like supporting missionaries. I think it's a great thing, and it's what we're supposed to do. Um, so I like being a part of that. And when we were getting ready to go on our trip, we um, knew that we were going to talk about obedience, and we were going to um, have a woman's get-together. So the women came for refreshments, and we had a program that we were going to present to them. And um, I was asked to do an, a testimony about obedience. So the first thing that popped into my head was getting married. So been together 21 years, and we weren't married. And when we um, came here and found Jesus, I, that really um, hit my heart that we needed to be married. So that was my obedience story. So I wrote it down on, on a card, and I brought it with me. And that's what I was going to speak about because it was, it was 
easy. Anyway, so we get to the presentation, and there was about 50 women there. And part of the service, the women wrote on dissolvable paper um, a prayer request that they were giving to God. They were going to put it in the water, it would dissolve, and it was done. God has it. So I was holding the bowl of water for the women to come up. And it was pretty emotional because doing that's pretty hard. And as I was doing that, um, a time came to mind when I did that. So I had an issue that I'd been dealing with for years and finally said to God, like, that's it. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. I'm giving it to you and letting you handle it. And he did. And it was really incredible that that was so easy. Like, I should have thought of that years ago. But anyway... (laughs) In hindsight, so I I make sure I give it to him now before it goes that far. Um, So I was ready during the presentation to give my little speech that I planned and wrote on a piece of paper and could read, and um, I just felt God saying to me, I don't want you to tell that, that story, I want you to say what you were thinking of up there, which was really hard because it's really easy when you have things written on a piece of paper and you can read it. So... I was obedient, and I told that story. And after the service, um, the translator came up, and she said that what I had told, the story that I did tell, was something that would really um, resonate with a lot of the women there. So it was really um, a good thing that I changed it. So that was really great. And it just showed me that um, my story of obedience to God changed to hearing him in a minute and changing my plans to what he wanted me to do. So that was really cool. And God is so good. That's great. My name is uh, Wendy, and it figures that my testimony uh, followed Kathy's because during the first service, I had in my mind something that I was going to share, and uh, she was teaching. God said, now you want to share that. So uh, the same thing kind of happened to me. Uh, originally, I... Um, when to go to Costa Rica because my daughter Heather wanted to go. And um, my husband and I had gone on mission trips uh, before as leaders of youth groups uh, to mission trips. And we knew the significance that a short-term mission trip can have on your life. Um, not only do you get to bless and pour into people, um, which we did see, and I was actually touched many times uh, by that because I did know some Spanish and um, I could... Um, was called often to translate. And because of that, I got to be part of a whole bunch of everybody else's blessings too as they ministered and got ministered to um, by the pastors and to the Costa Rican people. Um, So that's awesome too. Um, But I also learned, uh, um, which I knew, is um, it was a pleasure to see my daughter uh, grow and experience that thing too, to do her thing with her skits. You'll see her soon. And do the altar calls and pray with kids um, and them getting saved and things like that. It was awesome. But also, um, God changes you, and I know that when you go on a mission trip, God actually changes uh, your heart. And um, I didn't expect to uh, have happened to me what I had happened to me. The personal thing is, um, the, as Lori mentioned, that um, Bob and Michelle, the missionaries we were supporting, had gone through a struggle um, in like kind of like a changing of ministry type thing. And it really brought up in me um, struggles that we had in the past uh, before we came here uh, to Bridge. And um, the first night, I actually, my roomie woke me up because I was shouting out in a nightmare in the middle of the night. Um, And it was really bringing up all these insecurities uh, within me about, you know, who I am and and how I serve and and where my place is um, within 
a church, within a new church, within body. But that was what was really awesome is that our team, as, as Rob shared, was, was so united. Um, and we had lots of fun together, but they were really supportive and a lot of things like that. And Christine and Rob especially, um, they didn't see us as a team that was going to minister. They were there to minister to us and also be there for everyone and make sure everything was, was going well. But I was blessed because through that, through the team and everything, um, I was able to know that I am loved and I'm loved right here and God has a plan for my life. And there's past insecurities and there's past wounds and hurts, even though they still sometimes come up and they hurt and it's, you have to work through them. And he still cares about me and my growth and where he has me going and the next step he has for me. And I have a family here um, and prayer support um, that will continue to support me and help me grow and change and serve um, within the body here. So that's what I learned. I didn't expect to share that the first service, but Kathy did that. And so here's Mr. Glenn. Thanks, Thanks, Wendy. Uh, My name's Glenn. Um, I want to say, if you looked at that video and you saw the the people and how quick they did the concrete, it wasn't like that in real life. It took like five days. Um, we worked really hard. We had a lot of fun. Um, you know, our, our team was just fantastic. Um, I, I know, you know, from, from my perspective, you guys hold a special place in my heart. I think that uh, it's, we experienced something that we can remember for forever, and uh, it was great to be with everybody. But that's what I'm not here to talk about. Um, I was asked to speak on one of the Sundays that was there. And so just so we can kind of set the scene so you can kind of see what it, was, what it was like a little bit, I think we may or may not have a picture. That's the inside of the church where um, I got to speak. Uh, there's about 25 to 30 people, no air conditioning. It was very hot. <laughs> no ventilation. Um, I can sweat in 30 degrees, so in 85 and, you know, 90% humidity, it was like a shower. Um, and then also had to use a translator, which is never done that before. Um, it's an interesting experience being able to do that, um, to speak a few words and then let somebody translate. But it all worked out really good. Um, the, one of the really cool things, memories that I take away too, was the worship time, being able to worship, and you have no idea what everybody else is talking about or, or saying. It was a very cool perspective, and it's the first time that I've ever experienced, let's say, God outside of America, from our American culture here. And you just get to see that, hey, you know what? God transcends all, all languages, um, you know, through language. So I really kind of struggled what to talk about leading up to it. One, um, it, it was uh, difficult just going on a trip. There's just a lot of things going on. And, and it's Rob. It's, you'll hear when Rob speaks later today. It's kind of, again, it's always a God thing. We kind of spoke about almost the same thing. And we didn't even know it, especially me, because I didn't put it together until the night before I had to speak. But um, I was thinking about it, just had to write it all down. <laughs> but I, I struggled with what to say because I was just like, you know, what, what can I say that is going to connect <laughs> with these people here? I'm an American. I like, you know, we have everything. And, you know, just from being there, you saw we have everything. and We're like the most miserable people on the face of the earth. And these people have nothing. And they're the happiest people on the face of the earth. It's, it's, it's amazing. So what I ended up speaking about was overcoming adversity. 
And um, I, a book that I had read called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, I used kind of as my background and spoke about that and just some of the things that I've been going through over the last couple of years, loss of my dad, you know, kids going to college, changing friendships with, you know, people and at business and everything else and things like that. And we got to have a nice little father-daughter moment. Kylie was able to also join me in the talk and talked about a situation at school where she had, had dealt with some bullying and then now that person is her friend. So we got to talk about that. And um, one of the things that happened, what they had told us at the beginning was, you know, when, when you call people up at the end to pray for them, don't expect, you know, very many people to get up. Well, after I was done speaking, everybody but two people came up for our team to pray for. And we went and were able to pray for the two people that were in the back because they were crying anyways. We went and prayed for them as well. So that was a really cool experience. But the thing that I really take away um, that I'll remember definitely for the rest of my life is is after the pastor was up closing, um, he got up there and there was a little old man that came with him. Does anybody remember who Carl from the movie Up was? If you remember that picture, that's kind of what he looked like. Had a cane um, that just immediately, I don't, I don't even know what his name is today. So to me, he's Carl. Um, but he got up there and threw a translator and through tears, and I wrote this down because this is in my journal because I never wanted to forget it. He said, you were sent by God. I was going through some struggles, and this is exactly what I needed to hear. I will never forget this day. The church will never forget this day. I'm now happy. So... You know, that hit me, you know, just like, wow, you know, that God can use somebody like me, come all the way from here to go to Costa Rica to speak, um, you know, a message that you're wondering, how in the world am I going to connect with these people? And, you know, it's just humbling to see how God can use us, let's say, in spite of ourselves. So, thanks. All right, I'm back up, so now you know what you need to do. I'm kidding. Sit down. <laughs> um, we're going to present a skit that we did in a lot of the schools we went to, and we did this presentation many times, um, and it's been altered many times for the different situations and time constraints we had. And uh, we call it the fingerprint skit. And it is about how God made each one of us unique and individual. Hey, Loop, isn't it wonderful? The sun is out, life is great. Hola, Lupito. El sol está brillando, la vida está buena. Life is awful. Today is not a great day. La vida es horrible. El día no es un gran día. It's the same as every other day. Es como cualquier otro. You would think that the big guy would make us specially unique in some way, but no, it's all the same. <sighs> Let me show you what I mean. We have the same color hair. We have the same color eyes. If we all have the same color hair and same color eyes, it's boring. What do you mean? Of course, the big guy gave us all hair and eyes. 
But there's so many different colors and shades. Y también de diferentes colores y Did you know that God made every single person unique? ¿Sabes qué? Que cada uno de nosotros somos únicos. Yeah, I don't believe that. If that were true, why would we wear the same shirts every day? Sure, they are black and have a white ID on them. But you need to look closer. They're different. Here, take this and look closer. Okay. Wow, I never noticed that before. That's awesome. There's so many different patterns, shapes, loops, and arches. Exactly, that's correct, Luke. God made every single fingerprint different. No two people or no two fingers have the same. And they stay the same for the rest of your life. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Do you think that um, the, you could tell me more about the big guy? How about we go sit down and let Ken share some more? Loop and Archer, right? Wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same, if we all had the same hair? But we're not. The big guy, as Loop and Arch were talking about, is God. And God created all of us unique and different. Do you know that we can, you can tell the difference just by our teeth? We can be identified by our teeth and our fingerprints. And he knows how many strands of hair are on our head. Um, God created the plants, the trees, the flowers, and he said that they were all good. But when he created people, he said that we were very good. Wow, so fingerprints aren't the only way that God made us unique. Exactly. God made us all unique because he loves us. Hey, who do you love, Luke? Hmm, well, I love my mom. I love my aunt. And I love my friend. Yeah. And do they love you back? Yeah. Awesome. But here's the thing. Those love between people is so small compared to God's love for us. Love between people is like... A baby shoe. When God's love for us is like a man's shoe. It's so drastically different. In the Bible, it says that God's love is bigger, deeper, wider, stronger, and better than any love we can ever imagine with people. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> but um, what if I cheat on a test or I'm mean to my sister? Does God stop loving me? No, there's nothing that can stand in between God's love for us. Before we were even born, he loved us. He sent his own son, Jesus, down on the earth to die on a cross for us. And so we could have a relationship with him. So he did that. He died and he rose from the dead. So we're able to have a relationship with him. That's really cool. That just proves that God loves us so much. Hey, I heard you guys talking about how much God loves you. Um... Do you think you could just brush your hair for a sec? Why? <laughs> is this a because tr- I said so. Is, is it a trick? <laughs> My hair going to turn blue or something? 
I'm sure you're fine. She's probably just trying to show us something. Go ahead. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good job. Now, do you know that God now knows how many strands of hair are on your head and how many are in this brush right now? Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that God knows how many strands are still on his head, even though some just came out on the hairbrush? He's numbered each one of them. Dang. (laughs) I have one more thing. Does anyone know what this is? Oh, it's a frisbee! It's a frisbee! Figure she'd be so excited to shout the answer to the. Oh my goodness, you're crazy. <laughs> you know what? God made me a positive person, Lou. And he made you different, and that's okay. He loves us both. Okay, okay. Let's pretend we don't know what this is. Maybe we could use it as a hat? Ooh, uh, we could use it as a dinner plate. No, I think we can use it to dig in the sand. That's the best way to use this thing. Well, maybe, but actually, God created this, or the person that created this, created it with a plan and a purpose. And the purpose of the Frisbee was to fly. Just like God created all of us with a plan and a purpose. So in this skit, we just wanted that God made each of us unique. And he did that by proving by each of our different fingerprints, and he knows how many hairs are on each of our heads. He also created us with a purpose and a plan, just like the Frisbees is to fly. So out of the Arch character, I just want to say that in Costa Rica, this skit was just awesome. We would do it a whole bunch in kids' um, services and stuff, and I was able to pray with so many kids and let them know about Jesus and have them get saved, so it was just awesome. I was able to do a salvation message and just see the their faces just light up when I was praying with them, and I used my little Spanish knowledge to do the best I could, and it was just an awesome experience. So just give a round of applause for everyone in Costa Rica who was saved. It was awesome. They do an awesome job with that skit. Those are a lot of lines to memorize, right? Let's give it up for them. They did a great job. Good job, guys. As Heather said, uh, Heather did an awesome job just flowing at the end of each one of our school assemblies. Um, There's a couple of people who would wrap up. We had a couple of skits that we did, a couple of dramas that we did at the school assemblies. And um, there are a couple of people who would wrap up and we would say, hey, you know, why don't, why don't you wrap this one up? Why don't you wrap this one up? And Heather did a great job just wrapping it up. She connected with the little kids. So when we were in a school with, like, st- smaller kids, like, she would just connect with them. And it was awesome to see uh, kids' lives just, like, you could literally see their lives change, like, in that moment. And uh, it was really awesome. So, yeah. Well, this morning, um, I'm gonna, we're going to dive into God's Word. I'm going to share with you a message that I shared, uh, Glenn Glenn and I spoke at two different churches on Sunday while we were in Costa Rica. Um, the church that, same pa- one pastor, his, whole, his family pastored the two churches, uh, Pastor Michael and his family pastored the two churches. And the one church was a little bit more the, of like, I guess you would call it the parent church, like a mother church if you were to think about it like that. And the uh, church that Glenn's team was at was a church that they were revitalizing. So as you saw, like, the week that we were there, there was a lot of transformation that took place at the church that they were 
that they were revitalizing. And, um, and so this morning I'm going to share with you, I believe uh, a few weeks ago whenever I spoke um, during first service, uh, I just about put away my message that I spoke and was going to speak this message, um, but I didn't, and I was, uh, I was like, well, I'll share with you guys uh, this morning. Uh, I think it's something that applies to every one of our lives that we, we all walk, for, walk through. So this morning, our, our, we're going to talk on the, the topic of surviving the storm is the name of my title of my message, and it's from Acts 27. So um, it's not going to be on the screen. Uh, in Costa Rica, we didn't have screens like this. Uh, so if you would reach in that seat... Uh, the, in the, it's called a chair in front of you. The, the underneath there is a uh, there's a Bible in there, and you can pull that out and turn to Acts 27 with us this morning. And if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take this one with you this morning. Um, we have plenty of these. These are uh, these are what we can use here at the church and take with you. So. So my title is Surviving the Storm, but the the big idea this morning is. That your current situation doesn't determine your destiny. Doesn't determine your destiny. And so, give a little bit of backstory here. We're in Acts chapter 27, and, and Paul uh, is out, out on his missionary journeys, and he's, he's preaching and sharing the, the message that, of the gospel that Jesus is the Messiah. And, and Paul gets locked up, um, gets thrown in prison, because people thought he was crazy. Um, in the culture of that time, you know, there's no way that Jesus could be the Messiah. So he gets, he gets thrown in prison. And, uh, and, and, and so they're getting ready. Paul's getting ready to take a, a journey with, a, with, he's in captivity with a centurion soldier. They're getting ready to go to Rome for Paul to appeal his sentence. So he had been, he'd been sentenced to prison. He wanted to take it to a higher court. So they're on their way to Rome and they're in a boat and, uh, a series of unfortunate events have taken place that have de- delayed their departure and their travels. And uh, we're going to pick up in Acts 27 in verse 13 this morning. It says, uh, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and set sail along the shore of Crete. Before long, a wind of hurricane force, called a northeaster, we've experienced those in PA, swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. So they, they gave up trying to fight it and they just went with the storm. And as they passed a small island called Kata, uh, we, we were hardly able to make the lifeboats secure. So the men hoisted it on board the ship. Then they passed the ropes under the ship to hold the boat together because they were afraid it would run aground on the sandbars. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship just be carried along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day uh, they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging, and they finally gave up all hope of being saved. Your current situation doesn't determine your destiny. See, Paul was, was on this ship and it was being battered and beaten and, and, and waves were hitting it and it looked like all hope was lost. It looked like they were going down in the sea, if you were to think about it, like they were going to drown. And, uh, but I know that God had, in this story, God had a plan for them and he has a plan for each one of you. And so this morning I want to share uh, four survival methods for the storm, four ways to survive the storm. And uh, 
The first one this morning is we're going to look at, look at it is uh, remain the course from verses 20 to 25. So we see in verse 20 that they had given up all hope of being saved. But God had other plans. See, God had sent an angel to Paul in the, in, in, angel to Paul to tell him that everything was going to be okay. If everybody stays on board the ship and, and they keep going, that not one life was going to be lost. That they were all going to, to, to be okay. Only the ship was going to be destroyed, but no one would lose their lives. And we look in verse 25, Paul addressed them and he says, So keep up your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. See, sometimes things in our lives and our situations, no matter where we're at and what we're walking through, sometimes they seem really bad. Sometimes we get a bad doctor's report. Sometimes we, we get uh, uh, maybe uh, bad news in, your, in our family, in our relationships, maybe in our jobs. See, I believe that we're supposed to keep walking. We're supposed to just stay the course, stay on board the ship, tie everything down, keep walking, remain the course. See, in the, in the book of Isaiah, it, it talks about, you know, when you pass through the waters, they will not overflow you. When you pass through the fire, it will not burn you. When, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you do this, you are not going to be harmed. He didn't say that we wouldn't have storms in our lives, right? Oftentimes we think about life and we think about, well, you know, I've, I've given my life to Jesus and everything's going to be okay. Yes, everything's going to be okay because he is with you. He's walking with you. We're still going to be times when we're going to navigate storms. We're going to nav- navigate situations. But keep walking. Don't give up. That's what, that's what, he's, that's what he spoke to, to Paul in the story. He said, don't give up. Only the ship's going to be destroyed, and that's okay. The ship can be replaced. No one's going to lose their life. Keep walking. Remain the course. Number two, to survive a storm, believe we must continue to eat. Continue to eat. And you say, Pastor Rob, you came to church this morning to tell me to eat? Well, yes, we ate really good food in Costa Rica. Really great food. Um, the church that we were at, they actually cooked all of our meals for us. Some ladies in the church got together and, and cooked every meal for us uh, and would bring it to the church. And so, I, I mean, we had rice and beans that were better than any rice and beans I've ever had, even in Nicaragua, but don't tell my friends that there, but better than rice and beans in Nicaragua. Um, we had a burrito buffet one day. Who's getting hungry? Homemade guacamole that was better than any guac you're going to buy in any store here in, here in America. It was awesome. Some stew meat. Who's ready for lunch? I'm ready for lunch. They had lots of stews. Costa Rican meals are a lot of stews. And so we had a few different, few different types of different stews. And we never went hungry. However, physical food is good. But this morning, I'm talking about eating spiritual food. From the word of God. See, in verse 33, it says, Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. He said, For the last 14 days, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. How many of you guys have been through a storm before in your life where, where you've been in suspense? Like, t- you're anxious about what's going on in your life. You maybe live in a little bit of a state of anxiety. And, and during those times, like even physical food, sometimes I just I forget to eat the physical food. Like, I just, I, 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 I'm in a constant suspense. Maybe I'm a little bit sick about what's going on in my situation. So, so maybe, maybe I don't eat. He says, he says, you've gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. He goes, now I urge you to take some food because you need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair on your head. And they ate. And in the midst of life storms, sometimes the first thing that comes to my mind is not to eat my spiritual food. Just being honest. 
It's not, sometimes it's not the, the, my first go-to thing because I'm so distracted by what is going on in my life and what I'm walking through and maybe, maybe the situations that I'm in. I'm distracted by that that my first, my first line of defense should be, but it's not always, going to the Word of God. And what does He have to say about it? Where, where, is, he, where is He guiding me and directing me? I have to stay in his word so I can know to, know to fight, know how to fight through the storm. Not just staying in his word, but, but eating from it. And I think when we eat from, when we say eat, you know, consume, we're not actually eating the pages, obviously. But we're taking it in, but we're doing what, it, what he says. We're processing it. We're doing what, what he says. We're being obedient. See, in this story in verse 30, there's, there's two guys who are ready to just jump ship. They're ready. They're like, they're over by the lifeboat. And they're like, we just put this thing down. We're out of here. We're on our own. Like, this ship's going down. It's getting beat. It's getting ravaged. There's like, there's like boards flying off of it. So if we just jump in this lifeboat, we're going to get out of here. And Paul, look, and Paul looks at the centurion soldier, the, the leader, and he says, listen, if these two guys jump overboard and they get in this lifeboat, we're all gone. See, because God said that we have to stay in the boat. So we're going to lose our lives. So they cut the rope to the lifeboats and let them drift away. The boats, the lifeboats were gone. See, we're in the storm. We must eat. We must feed our spirit man by reading God's word. But we have to obey what he says. We have to begin to walk and continue to walk and obey what his word is telling us to do. It may look abnormal. It may look extreme. Trust me, cutting the, life, cutting the ropes to the lifeboats in the middle of a storm when you're on a ship is pretty extreme, right? You agree with me there? Like, I'm... I'm not a big boat guy. I've been on boats a few times in my life. Christy, not a boat person at all. Like, not at all. Went deep sea fishing a couple of times. And as soon as the waves, like, barely move, she's done. She's out for the rest of the day. I had a great four hours fishing. She had a great four hours not fishing. And uh, that's, that's just the way it is. I cannot imagine being in the middle of a sea with getting hit with waves and the boat being ravaged. And, and, see, and seeing that happen, I would be, and then, and then for them to cut the, cut the ropes and the lifeboats, watch them drift away. Like, that would be crazy. Extreme. But when we're obedient to what he says, continue to walk, knowing that he is with us, eating from his word. See, when the storms of life rage and our, our situation seems impossible, when all hope seems lost, we have to remain the course. Don't give up. Continue staying grounded in his word. Eating from his word. Continue to eat. Be obedient. And I believe the third key is to, to lighten our load. To lighten your load. And, and we see this in verse 18 and, and in verse 38. See, many times in the middle of life storms, we think that we can do it on our own. Like, I'm a guy. I think I can do everything on my own. I try to do everything on my own. I try to be Mr. Mechanic, and I try to work on my car, and sometimes I'm successful. And then there's other times where I have to call Pastor Paul. And I'm like... <laughs> Hey, buddy, pal, what are you up to today? Oh, nothing. You want to come spend a couple hours at my garage? Chilling? <laughs> what do you need, Rob? I'm a little stuck. <laughs> Can you give me a hand? Can you help me lighten my load, you know, a little bit? You know, sometimes when we're in the middle of life's storms and we're in the middle of situations and tough times, see, we, we put unneeded weight on ourselves, unneeded expectations, unneeded uh, un, un, unneeded uh, weights and burdens that we, we expect to carry on our own. And I believe that God says, just give them to me. Just throw them overboard, if you would. 
Just like the guys who are on this boat, they threw, they threw overboard. They threw over their cargo. They threw over their tackle. And the tackle is like, kind of like their, their source of sustenance, like how they're going to live. Because if they don't have tackle, how are they going to catch fish, right? They throw it overboard. And then after they ate that meal we talked about just a little bit ago, they threw all their food, all their wheat, and all their grain. They threw it overboard too. They threw over everything that they could depend on on themselves. How could they sustain life on their own? They just threw everything overboard. And I think that was their way of looking at the situation and saying, we're all in. We're all in. We're going to walk through this storm. We're going to walk through this situation. We're going to sail through this storm and know that God is in control. And they had to trust him that they weren't going to lose their lives, just like he said that no one was going to lose their lives, just like he said that they would survive the storm. See, trusting God and not relying on myself, that's hard. And in each one of your situations in your lives, where you're at, it's not natural for us to, it's not natural for us to, to not rely on just our own selves. It's natural for us to say, I can do this. I got this. But when we say, well, I'm going to throw this overboard. I'm going to throw the weight overboard. I'm going to throw this extra cargo overboard. I'm going to throw this tackle overboard. And we say, hey, I'm all in. God, I want to trust you. I'm going to rely on you. Here it is. Take it. I know that you have a plan and you have a purpose. And we lighten our load and trust God through the storm. Lastly, to survive the storm, we know that God will, we have to remember that God will provide a way to where he wants you and your destiny. That God has a, a perfect plan. See, in this story, in, in verse 41, we see that the ship hit a sandbar. And, and it ran aground. And, and the storms and waves began to beat it until it began to, to f- literally fly into pieces. And the soldier ordered that everyone who could swim to jump overboard and, and swim to shore. And those who could not, he, he literally told them to grab a piece of the boat and try to make it on their own. That's what he said. He said, grab a piece of the, grab a piece of the wood that's floating around and, and go ahead and go to shore. And it says that everyone reached the land. Everyone reached the land. And in verse 44, it says that, that everyone survived the storm. I believe that everyone survived the storm because God had a plan and a purpose, and he knew exactly where, how he was going to navigate and how he was going to use Paul in that situation and how he was going to guide and direct and protect them through the storm. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. Like we heard in that skit that he loves us so much, you know, so deep and wide and, you know, just and big and strong and, you know, like Heather said, he created each one of us as, as identity. You know, we all have a different fingerprint that he cares about us so much. And, and those details that really, I could care less if our fingerprints are the same. But he cares. Put that much details that he cares about each, each and every situation that you walk through and storm that you walk through in your life. And this morning, my friend Kim's going to come and she's going to share with you how, how God has walked her through a time of a storm in her life and how he sustained her. Good morning. Back up here again. Um, so I got an opportunity to share this testimony in, in um, Costa Rica. And the storms in our lives, um, I went back through journals I've kept for about the last, I don't know, 15 years And I started noticing that I was writing the same stuff every year, the same battles, 
some of the same ridiculous things that I just tried to fix on my own. And and it really was like, wow, really? Like I've been doing, I've been writing the same, I've been trying to figure this out myself for all this time. And it's obviously not working by the looks of the journals. So um, I've struggled with, uh, with addiction for many years. I went through a difficult divorce, um, an unhealthy relationship, and I, I, I kept holding on to these feelings of hopelessness. And I oftentimes even thought that maybe it would be a lot easier if I didn't have to be here. Um, luckily, I didn't take that route, but it's amazing how these burdens can weigh us down for so long if we don't give them up. Um, and God put a scripture on my heart, Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, about 10 years ago that, that says he knows the plans and the plan and purpose for my life. And he has plans to give us all hope and a future. And, um, it's taken me a while to actually let that verse sink in. I think it was this year that Diane Oberholzer, um, prayed for me not too long ago, to release a spirit of condemnation that I've really put on myself um, and to give these burdens up because God didn't give these things to me to carry. He doesn't want me to struggle with these things every day, and he certainly doesn't want me to write them in a journal year after year. Um, So I know that it's not my burden and it's not my struggle, and I believe that... um, the rewards he's going to bless me with are going to exceed anything that I can possibly imagine. Um, So know that you all have a plan and a purpose and that you're all created unique and different and that you're all meant to do something amazing on this earth. See, I don't know where each one of you live in your lives. I don't know where you're, what storms or situations that you're navigating in your life. Maybe, maybe like Kim, you are, you're in the midst of a battle, maybe not the same situation, but maybe you're in the midst of a battle and you, you've, tried, uh, you've tried to do life on your own. Maybe you've tr- tried different outlets to try to survive the storm. Can I tell you that this morning you don't have to do it on your own? You don't have to do life on your own. You don't have to navigate the storms, navigate the situations um, alone. That, that God, want, God has a plan. He'll provide a way. And he has a perfect plan for your destiny. See, in Paul's life, in this story, everyone survived. They started out on a journey to Rome. The ship wrecked. They ended up on an island of Malta. Not Rome. They ended up in Malta. But God knew exactly where he wanted Paul. He knew exactly where that ship, I believe that he knew exactly where that ship was going was gonna to land. And there was a plan and a purpose. See, Paul, Paul, Paul on that island was able to minister to a, to a few people there. Even, even a guy was healed. And people knew that Jesus was the Messiah. They were able to witness it firsthand the power of the Messiah because of a storm. They came and their destination was changed. They 
But God had the the destination already planned way ahead. I don't know your trajectory. I don't know where you're headed this morning, what you're walking through, what storms maybe are ravaging your boat this morning. But I do know that if you keep walking, if you remain the course, if you continue to stay in his word and stay obedient to his word and what his, his word says, if you lighten your load, throw some of that situation overboard, throw that burden, that maybe those unneeded expectations on your life overboard, and trust God. Know that he has a plan and a purpose. He has a perfect plan for where you're headed and for your situation. That he's going to guide you and direct you and provide for you through the storm. And this morning's been a little bit different, right? Had a lot of fun this morning, right? Go in the church and you get to stretch and exercise and get out of breath and a little bit different, right? And this morning we're going to maybe end this service a little bit different than what we normally do on a Sunday morning. I'm going to invite our Costa Rica team. They're going to come forward and they're going to stand across the front. Something that I learned over eight different training sessions and a week in Costa Rica with these 20 people, I got to hear their stories. And I get to hear parts of their life and the storms and situations that they have walked through and how God has used them and guided them, protected them in the midst of the storms of their life. And this morning, I don't know where you're at, but I know that every one of us has experienced God guiding us, walking with us, hardship, relationship issues, job situations, physical things. We've seen God's hand in many different ways. I know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life this morning too. And so I'm going to invite you to stand with us and the worship team's going to, going to sing a song. And, and during this song, maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I'm walking through a storm and a situation. I can tell you a story about Juan, uh, Juan Carlos was a guy from Los Angeles, California that was at the church that I preached at in, in Costa Rica. And Juan Carlos is a huge football fan, came into church in a L, uh, L, Patriot, was it Patriots jersey? I don't remember. Some football team jersey. Came into church, big guy, only guy in the whole, in the, in the whole audience that spoke English, and, which intimidated me a little bit, I'm just going to be honest, and uh, spoke English. We gave an altar call very similar to this, and Juan Carlos came up, and he just came to me and just laid his head on my shoulder, and he said, I just want the storms to stop. I think many of us identify with that. Many of us, we walk life, and we just feel like we jump from one storm to one storm, from one situation to another situation. Sometimes we feel like our head's underwater a lot of times. And can I tell you this morning that the peace that God can speak in the midst of the storm is beyond whatever our human even comprehension can be. And so this morning I challenge you, do something a little different like we did earlier in exercising and stretching in church and and. 
Maybe this morning while the worship team plays, you're walking through that. Would you come? Our team's here. We'd love to pray with you. You don't have to spill your guts about the storm. Just say, hey, I'm walking through a storm. Let us pray with you. Because I know that God has a plan, and your current situation does not have to determine your destiny.